Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty perfect. Uh, wow, we're really doing this finally. A podcast that we've talked about for so long. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, you've lost for words. I'm lost for words. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I was thinking about it today that we've, uh, I'm surprised we haven't done something like this early. We have our recurring conversations. We're debating different aspects of all things WordPress and you finally popped the question. Should we <laughs> do a podcast together? So this is it. Crossword. Kind of like the name. How do you feel? I like it. I think it's got a lot of potential. It's a good con container that we can play with. So if we're going to do a pilot episode, we should probably start by introducing ourselves. Uh, ah. I, I know that you hate talking about yourself. I hate talking about myself. So here's what we'll do. Ooh. Uh, we'll switch it. I'll talk about you. Perfect. Oh, no. Jonathan Wald. Jonathan Wald is a WordPress strategist, a WordPress thinker, someone who has written and thought a lot about the nature of WordPress, where WordPress fits into the open web. Uh, he has consulted with a lot of different big players in the WordPress space. He's worked in large agencies, uh, figuring out strategic uh, positioning and uh, all of that sort of thing. Um, he's very well connected. He even gave a WordCamp US talk this year oh, about about uh, WordPress as the operating system of the web. Uh, if you ask anybody uh, if they know Jonathan Wald, anyone who's anybody <laughs> will say, oh, of course, All right, we you go way back. <laughs> uh, well, I can't top that, so uh, we'll just... Uh, no. Luke Carbis is, um, is a very unique individual. I've, he has oh man luke you've i see i was focusing on listening to your introduction um, luke has been in the world of wordpress for a long time started out doing things in e-commerce has been building plugins has worked in the agency world and in my experience working with luke the thing that uh what's always what's always struck me about you is your ability to meaningfully like and respectfully disagree on something and your willingness to jump in you, you do. And it's one of the things that even in times where it's been particularly frustrating to me, it's like, man, it's still valuable. And you've helped to shape my perspective. A lot of the ideas recently that I've sort of developed out further in my thinking have, have been found their roots and thoughts and ideas that you've suggested over our collaborations over the years. So I have a lot of respect for your thinking and your ways of thinking, even when I don't agree with you. Disagreeing is something that we do a lot of and that's I think part of the reason why we wanted to do this podcast is uh, to present multiple perspectives on different topics and yep. that's the format that we've chosen uh, to do this podcast in. We're going to pick a meaty news item uh, from the WordPress world each week and dive in, discuss you know different takes on it and Maybe we'll agree, maybe we'll disagree, maybe we'll recognize patterns, maybe we'll think about strategies and see where it goes from there. I'm excited, man. So the big, big news that broke this last week that we've dedicated this episode to is WP Tavern got a redesign. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think? Oh, um, I think it's great. I was excited to see Justin join the team and um, I haven't spent much time digging into it, but my initial reaction to it are positive and it's good to see progress. That's not really the topic. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could go with that for a while. Um, the topic that I, I actually wanted to talk about was the release of WordPress 5.3, WordPress Kirk. What's your hot take? I'm excited about it. I was playing around with it. There were a few things that I I recently experienced. Um, I was logging into a site and saw the admin confirmation. Like, oh, that's new. I, I hadn't read the release notes yet to know that was part of it. Yeah, so, what's, what's your take on that? I've noticed... Like quite a lot of backlash in the particular communities I'm in. In case our listeners are unable to tell, I'm from Australia and I'm pretty involved in the WP Australia, the WordPress community here. And you know, was there was, like is there like ten a, of you in there? <laughs> well, something like that. And I, there was a, a very heated conversation in our Slack on this exact topic, like. Uh, lots of people are what, pretty what's upset. The, what's what's to be upset about? Well, if you think about it, this admin notice showing uh, how many when you when you set up a site, if you're a, de- a developer, you might set up a local site, you might set up a staging site, and then a production site. And okay. oftentimes, you you know, you maybe you give your client access, but you keep the admin access to yourself. And then you log in every so often to do updates or whatever, and you might have like 30 or so, uh, or maybe more sites. And you times that by three, you're getting you're going to be noticing these pop-ups, or they're not exactly a pop-up, but more like notices, uh, quite often. And and it might get to the point. Wait, of just annoying. to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Are you? I'm referring to like when you attempt to log in. Um, you've logged in and then it asks you, is this the right admin email for yeah. applications? Okay. Yeah, so I I've personally have found, it's not been very long that 5.3 has been out and I've found myself already just zooming straight through that without reading it because I've seen it so many times now. Hmm. What, what I get interested in with with implementations like this, and I don't know, I haven't looked at it yet, is to understand what the original problem to solve is. One of the things that I generally find to be true with WordPress is that you know, we tend, at least I do, like I tend to be more exposed to developer feedback on changes mm-hmm. and they're, you know, who will often be exposed to, to things like having many sites. Whereas when we're designing for WordPress broadly, uh, I think the majority of users are in that, you know, maybe a couple of sites, but usually a primary site. So we can tend to hear more loudly from a very small percentage who have a different perspective on how to use, how they use WordPress. That's absolutely true. We always have to consider that the developer community, the people building this and the people commenting on it are actually just a very small subsection of everybody who uses WordPress. But what do you think about this idea of WordPress Deciding that uh, it doesn't, you could you could frame it in this way that WordPress decides that it doesn't trust the users to know what they're doing. It doesn't trust uh, that the admin person logging in, you know, has been keeping on top of things, and so it's going to prompt you. Uh, it's it's not exactly. You know, I don't options, see it so much features. as not. 
I don't think it's so much as not being, uh, not trusting, but not making assumptions. Again, I'm making assumptions right now about the original problem we're trying to solve with this. Maybe we're finding that people aren't getting emails. So there's, so there's this, hey, let's double check and make sure. Uh, and let's see, here's what it says. Improvements for everyone, admin email verification. You'll now be periodically asked to confirm that your admin email address is up to date when you log in as an administrator. This reduces the chance of getting locked out of your site if you change your email address. Yeah. See, that's interesting. Emails do get changed and, you know, if you don't have access to it, it could be problematic. Let's, I mean, let's take it for granted. Let's give the benefit of the doubt that this actually is beneficial. Isn't it bloatware? Mm. Do we really need it? Uh, I mean, what, how would you define bloatware as just things that you don't, putting things you don't need? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, WordPress already does so much, you know. Do you remember WordPress used to have a whole links sort of post type <laughs> in the sidebar? Is this the same sort of thing, like just an extra feature that nobody really needs? Or uh, I highly doubt is, so. Is this plug-in I mean, territory? Okay, so again, this is where, in my experience, you're baiting me into it. <laughs> the idea of thinking of WordPress as an operating system is so important, where like we should be introducing things that make the quality of life of people administering these sites and building things in WordPress. And when I say building, I'm thinking primarily of the creators themselves versus you know, developers making the tools, et cetera. We should be making things that improve the quality of their life. The other, one of the other improvements noted in 5.3 is automatic image rotation. Yeah. Uh, and I'm oh, like, okay, hugely that's good. something that, yeah, uh, it said this feature was first proposed nine years ago and made possible through the perseverance of many dedicated contributors. I can only imagine with some of the experience I've had observing the complexity of doing things with media and WordPress and how big an impact that can have. Yeah, I think that the reason why I'm phrasing my uh, comments on this particular topic as questions is it's not a good start. I think I actually agree with you on this one. I think it's a good thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> We should move on then, find something we don't agree on. Well, how about Gutenberg? Do you like Gutenberg? Uh, are you a, are you a Gutenberg guy? Me too. I, I am. I'm all in now. Uh, have been since the, the beginning. I experienced quite a bit of pain early on in my own authoring. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I loved and just looking at the, the 5.3 release, uh, did you watch the, uh, there's the demo video where the expanded design flexibility. It's interesting. It, it's very interesting. But for me, when I saw that, oh, wow, you can group things and set a background color, I'm like, oh, that's kind of exciting. Mm. I can see the groups. Use of that. Oh, yeah, I think the group's going to be huge. I think they're a game changer. I've been using groups for a little while because I run the Gutenberg plugin, which gives you early access to features. Uh, and groups have been a game changer for me. The, the thing that I love to do the most with, with groups in Gutenberg is to create reusable blocks. Ah, yep. So... I have like an internal, uh, for, for my work, I have like an internal P2, uh, an internal blog where every week I want to post a bit of a schedule of what I've got planned for that week. So I've got uh, so the date as a heading and then I've got uh, co two column blocks uh, with three columns each, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, nice. Friday, Sunday. And... Uh, I can put all of that together in a group and insert it uh, as a reusable block 
every week, which is super helpful for me. Oh, brilliant. One yeah. of the things that I find challenging about Gutenberg and perhaps about WordPress broadly, which uh, is this idea of discovering functionality and capability. If I hadn't watched that video, I can't say that I would have thought to look. Like maybe I would have noticed the new group's little UI element, et cetera. But now that I've seen that video, I've seen an example of how something's used. It's like, oh, wow, okay, now I'm gonna be thinking about that next time. That's been a general uh, hallmark of my experience with Gutenberg is not realizing, like there was a, a theme I was customizing that was very Gutenberg centric. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out how to set background colors and images mm. because the, the interface was sort of tucked away. So it's, and that's a challenge generally with WordPress as well. A lot of functionality is based on you knowing where to go and someone sort of pointed it out to you or you gained that experience in some way. I sat on a panel at WordCamp Sydney about Gutenberg and page builders and comparing mm. all the various different page builders and I sort of represented Gutenberg on the panel as a page builder, so to speak. What do you think about that idea as Gutenberg being a page builder? It's definitely where it seems a lot of the core team is focused on going. It makes sense to me for a lot of reasons. The details here matter though. Like at a high level, when I think about the future of Gutenberg, I, I, I liked, I liked, I'd like to see it as a foundation where there's out of the box page building functionality that you're able to do a lot of great stuff. Themes are able to take advantage of. And then the builder ecosystem can build on top of. I don't know. Yeah, you know, this is, this is a point we can disagree on. I think that if Gutenberg is successful, that it destroys page builders. I, I think, think that's a mark of success for Gutenberg. I, okay, sure. Well, so then we could take this idea of build on, right? Like, I think, I mean, what, at a high level, it's like, I'd love to see the energy that's gone into builders. And right now we have so many different takes on things and approaches go into just building on the same foundation and extending it further, introducing new capability and new potential within a shared framework. Have you messed around at all with the column blocks? Uh, yes, uh, not recently. When I did previously, I had success, but I found it a little bit, uh, it's been a few months. And it was a little wonky at the time. 5.3 has got some improvements, but more than anything, the column blocks really stand out to me as, oh, this really feels like beta software. This isn't... Mm production ready. So that's, uh, to me, the sort of key problem to solve if, Word, if WordPress is going to compete natively, you know, if Gutenberg is going to compete with things like Divi or Beaver Builder. Is making it not feel like beta software? Is that yeah, what you're saying? No, it's more, more to make columns work in general. Oh, columns as functionality, I see. Yeah, that, that seems to be the crux that seems to be like the foundation of page builders is layout layout options and if you can do flexible arrangements of columns and grouping in Gutenberg which you can do now but it's a bit clunky then you know that could be pretty dangerous <laughs> dangerous as if yeah it, it's um, you know one of the other things that's I think worth talking about so Gutenberg at this point is five, soon to be six releases ahead of what shipped in uh, core. 
And Gutenberg itself is on a very active, for anyone following it, it's been consistently and steadily being worked on for, I forget how long now, but there's consistent releases every couple of weeks, whereas WordPress is on a much longer release schedule. So now that 5.3 is shipped, we're now getting a version of Gutenberg for the general public. You alluded, you mentioned that you have, you know, you run Gutenberg as a plugin, but for most of us who don't, especially on production sites, you're, you're, we're not getting the latest and greatest. Yeah. There's sort of a lag on feedback too. Not only is it five or six versions ahead, but it's increasing that lead over time. It's mm -hmm. a really interesting topic on how that could be solved. Maybe a topic for next week. Oh, could be. Have you checked out 2020 in, in 5.3? A little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of the next site, a site that I could sort of build to experiment with it on. I like to actually put something into production. But uh, my initial impressions are positive. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I moved my main website, sort of my blog, to 2020, and I love it. I was on 2016 before. Now, I, I have pretty minimal requirements for a theme. I, I like really simple, uh, single-column themes uh, without too much fancy stuff going on. And 2020, for me, is the best theme I've, I've ever used. I love it. Wow, that's fantastic. I think, it I, takes, the... I think it takes a lot of inspiration from Tabor. Have you used that one? Yes, that's the one I use on my main site currently. You might be able to switch to 2020 on your main site and not notice too much of a difference. That seems scary to me. I'd be happy to <laughs> test it. We we'll use Thanks the, custom to the customizer, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't do a wholesale switch, uh, not 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 quickly anyway. Who knows? I mean, if that became less painful, that would be a big positive for me. This last switch from the previous theme I was on to this one took me quite a bit of effort. There's another topic for another week: the future of the customizer. We'll get Weston <laughs> on and interview Weston. That would be fun. Yeah. When uh, when I think about five point three as a whole, one of the impressions that I walked away with, like, wow. I, it's it's great to see just a nice clean release WordPress just this continued sense of it growing up. I'm excited about the possibility of of a increased cadence in general, but just to see that package of here's what you got in 5.3. I I had that moment with a few like sites for folks that I've helped out in the past where I logged in and saw the 5.3 and like do I upgrade it? Do I not? Mm. And I did it and nothing broke. And there was still that moment of like, oh, am I sure about this? But uh, I think I to tend to be just... a little more cavalier in my approach. It'll be fine. And it was. There were no major bugs <laughs> uh, that I know about. Although there is one huge difference between 5.2 and 5.3 that I've noticed a lot of people talking about. It's sort of the first thing that you notice. Do you know what I'm talking about? The colors or the, the yeah. sort of, as an aesthetic change? Yeah, there's a design update in 5.3 to make everything more accessible. I I did notice. I didn't think much about it. I'm like, oh, this this is a little bit different on that, like the dashboard view, etc. But yeah, I was like, oh, interesting. I tweeted when I noticed it. I tweeted something along the lines of, "I wonder if this could have been optional," and. Uh, I, as I went digging a little deeper, I noticed that, you know, although I wonder if we just need time to get used to it, that's probably the case. But mm. I noticed a lot of backlash online around 
the way that WordPress looks now. Well, uh, in the, general, my, my assumption, not knowing more about this at the moment, is that it's a focus on, I mean, you already call it accessibility, like uh, making it so that people, like introducing contrast, just making it easier for a wider audience to be able to. For me, at a high level, like we need to always be going more and more that direction, give people the option to to do whatever they want to it on top, but the baseline should have the broadest range on accessibility. Can I read you a couple of comments from sure. the Make WordPress? Because I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> uh, from Phil, is accessibility always this ugly or is WordPress ahead of the curve? <laughs> <laughs> and all web interfaces will be this ugly eventually. Oh. I, th I thought that was good, but not as good as Tatoff who wrote... It's not only ugly, but this style makes my eyes hurt. The contrast is way too high, and I can't shake the feeling that I'm looking at Windows 95. Oh. Well, one of the things I love about WordPress, someone will come up with a plugin sooner or later that uh, you, know, you, can, you can change it. You can make it something else that you like. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm not sure in this case, I feel like I'm going to, I'm nervous about saying this uh, on a podcast because I feel like I'm going to cop some heat. Uh, but here we go. I'm going to be brave. Do it. I think this should have been optional. Uh, I, I'm all for accessibility. I really am. I think it's really important. But I really like the way Apple approaches it, which is there's a high contrast mode for those who mm. want to use it. Uh, even if if you feel really strongly about it, maybe even enable it by default. But I, I feel like this sort of thing should be opt-in or at least opt-out and it's not. It's sort of uh, the way a friend of mine put it was you needed to make your office building more accessible. So you removed all the stairs and replaced them with ramps. Ah, interesting. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to put it. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least some overreaction to how much the project's been criticized for not favoring accessibility. That's a very natural thing for us as humans, right? There's there's been a lot of oh Gutenberg is not accessible enough and valid criticisms, yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, we're going to make things more accessible. Again, uh, this is an inclination not rooted on having looked at it closely, but I wouldn't be surprised to find at least some of that. And that's something that sort of then naturally will continue to sort itself out in future releases. And yeah, I think Apple's approach to you and it's fantastic. We it has a lot of accessibility options built in that you can take as little or as much advantage of as you'd like. The accessibility team in WordPress is famously ignored too often. Really accessibility. I thought you were, were going to say famously vocal. No, well, they, they sort of have to be because yeah. they're so often an afterthought. Uh, so I, I wish that my wish for WordPress is that it becomes more and more and more accessible over time and that the accessibility team, it becomes more an integrated part of core development. But I, I wonder if this was maybe an overstep in an attempt to sort of overcorrect, correct, overcorrect for that dynamic. Well, if it is, then I think the nice thing about overcorrections is that they tend to sort of sort themselves out over time. We have another release. At least we can be grateful that we have great vision and sort of accept the changes and and move on because <laughs> it doesn't really hurt anybody and it does help a lot of people uh, aside from 
uh, our design sensibilities being a little upset. Do you remember back in the day when like there's this trend towards making fonts smaller and smaller? Like there's this design aesthetic that just had like the tiniest fonts. And I remember like, oh, this is cool. And people were like, dude, we can't read this stuff. Like some of the older folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to feel a little bit more sympathy for that now. Well, this might be a good place to leave it, Jonathan. What are you thinking? I'm happy about WordPress 5.3. I like the idea of talking further about the release cycles. I think there's uh, there's a lot that we can learn from the world of operating systems as a whole. And there's some decisions, there's already lively discussion on make about five, uh, how the upcoming schedule, because for the first time, we have a tentative schedule to get us through the next few years. When's the next release? Is it March? I, I think so. I think March is when it's, we're, we're tentatively scheduled for three releases in 2020, followed by four in 2021. So there's a, a good discussion happening about that now that I think is worth getting into. Uh, let's see, 31st of March 2020 is 5.4, and then followed by the 11th of August for 5.5, tentatively. So yeah, that, that could be interesting to dive into in a future episode. We'd love to hear more from our listeners about you know, how, how you felt about this pilot episode. It's really just us sitting in a room and chatting, not sure exactly how we want this podcast to continue evolving. So we'd love your feedback. We'd love your suggestions. And if you don't give any feedback or suggestions, we'll still just do whatever we want with it. So uh, until then, bye for now.